Hello and welcome to Yaf Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast where I try to go through every single Final Fantasy game and make a podcast about every section of that game as I play through it. Uh, so in the last episode, I went through the the section called the Kingdom of Corneria. I'm basing these sections off of a strategy wiki that I'm reading. So I don't know how accurate they are in terms of naming the sections or if they are actual sections. Whatever. I finished the I finished that section and the bridge was rebuilt so I could access the rest of the game. That seemed like a little preview of what the Final Fantasy quests look like, which was really nice. It was had nice guardrails so I so I could figure out where to go. Pretty easy boss or whatever. You still had to grind a little bit just so you could have characters strong enough to to counter the final boss but it was essentially like a mini game and it was really fun and it introduced a lot of the final fantasy concepts the next section the called the journey begins and that's the section i'll be reviewing today is a little bit less defined i want to say so the first thing that we do is we uh we encounter the matoya's cave and i don't know how to pronounce any of these i don't listen to final fantasy podcasts or watch final fantasy youtube videos or anything like that and obviously there's no voice acting in Final Fantasy 1. But uh, Matea's cave is like one of the first caves that you, I guess, you encounter. It is the first cave you encounter once you cross the bridge and enter the rest of the continent or whatever you want to call it. And uh, you pick up a few things there and you learn about a witch, I guess. I think it's a witch, right? I'm going to assume that it's a that she's a witch and she's looking for a crystal lens. I started looking for it immediately until I uh, checked the wiki and found out that, hey, this is not something I can get back to her right now. You can also talk to brooms which is kind of funny like this remind me of beauty and the beast where you have like the teapots and whatever else you know running around and 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 being anthropomorphized and one of the uh, one of the brooms gives you the ability to see a world map i have a feeling no it was in the nes version as well okay cool so it was in the nes version but the gba version has like a very updated map where you can actually select the different places and you know get select them by name and know where they are whereas the nes version was a much more simplified version of it. I guess that's kind of fine. The next thing you do is you travel to a another kingdom called Provoka. Provoka? Provoka. I'm gonna say Provoka. Cool names, by the way. Very, they sound very European. Very, like, medieval fantasy European. Just, you know, different section of sections of Europe. So, you learn about Provoka from a traveler in Cornelia, which was, like, the first kingdom that we went through. And, I don't know, it's a pretty long road. I didn't check the, the wiki. Um, I've, I'm starting to get the hang of this game without having to rely so much on the walkthrough which is really cool the game essentially kind of guides you toward the right places which is nice with the guide you kind of cut down on that time you know the time of like just losing yourself in the map and not knowing where to go and wondering if this is an extra cave or if it's not should you you know are you the right level so it cuts down a lot of this like crap that you learn with like time and experience which i just i i don't have any interest in trying to blame that play this blind in provoca you get to buy some new equipment some new spells and stuff which is cool but the whole town is occupied by pirates which is kind of funny it's just like a really funny quest of going to fight the pirates um so you fight off the pirates and the captain bicky or it's not bike it's bicky captain bicky is like hey you can use my ship now because you beat me which is kind of like a really funny way of saying hey you can use this new mode of transportation but we needed you to work for it a little bit it's an interesting concept and i'm wondering if rpgs before final fantasy one had this idea of changing modes of transportation and having access to different parts of the map depending on the mode of 
transportation. So yeah, after you defeated pirates, all the villagers come out of their homes and stuff because I guess they were scared. And you get to go sail. I sailed around a bunch. I tried to explore the map as much as possible. A few interesting thing, things about the boat. Uh, one thing I didn't expect was the fact that I encountered real monster encounters on the uh, when I was sailing around. And the monsters were typical monsters you would expect from medieval fa fantasy type story, right? And that was kind of fun. It was also kind of funny that they had a weakness to lightning, which I was actually really happy about because it, it felt very on brand. Uh, it didn't even occur to me that this game had the idea of resistance and weakness to specific types of magic and specific elements. It's something I'm very used to from Pokemon and that's basically how you play Pokemon is knowing the types and always countering the types. That's like a huge part of the game. In this game I didn't feel that as much but I haven't felt it as much at least. But it was kind of cool to see just how powerful some spells could be. I think Provoka... No, Provoka didn't introduce this yet. Okay, so yeah, so you get to sail around. Eventually you'll actually end up at the next section of the game and I don't want to go over that yet. But it's really cool that it's just kind of open-ended. You do have to quote-unquote park at port you have to why am i saying park i just don't know the word like you have to go to a port and only then can you exit the ship while you're on the sea you control just the ship itself so you don't control anything else i don't know it's just like a it's very cool it's kind of fun that you get to do this now there was a section that i could not have found on my own at all in any place called the power peninsula and this was actually really cool because this was the first time i encountered the need to start like strategizing so i think i talked about it in the last episode that i'm playing a warrior a thief, a red mage, and a white mage. And the way I see it, because I'm kind of dumb about this, is that both the warrior and thief at this point are just really strong physical attackers, right? Like the warrior is a strong physical attacker, but he can also hold a shield. So he's kind of, he's your what, DPS, is that what they call it? I don't know. And it's also a very tanky character. They have a lot of health, they have a lot of defense, they have a lot of attack, right? But no spells and no, I'm guessing they have no magical defense. Then you have the thief, which is another like attacker. I'm guessing that they're, I'm, I'm going by the guide so i'm guessing the guide at some point is going to be like hey here are some cool things that a thief can do that the other characters can't do but at this point i don't know i also have a the red mage the red mage as far as i see it is my attack mage that can also do defense spells it was actually really useful to have access to cure on both the red mage and white mage because i found myself several times needing that double heal so to speak there were so many times that i needed the red mage's attack power as well especially against the sea monsters and being able to you know shock them with something the white mage is all defense I guess except I have like a undead spell that came in handy a couple times not something I don't know but it was it's I'm under, starting to understand the rules and how they play together a bit more and that's been nice so in the power peninsula the power peninsula is basically a place on the map where you get to fight really high level monsters to get a ton of experience and a ton of gil back and I'm reading from the wiki that you're supposed to you know you can go there up until level 15 I tried to fight it at level 12 and I lost I was fighting the winter wolf it was really difficult to deal with their ice storm attacks which i guess every single winter wolf could technically do an ice storm attack and that's like 30 40 points of damage per character which is insane that was like a third anywhere from a third to a half to a fourth of the health of all of my characters so if the winter wolves were controlled by another i don't know uh, another human they could just like spam ice storm and kill my entire party in the first round it is insane but they are susceptible to fire and I did just buy a Fira spell so this kind of follows the convention that I've learned in uh, Chrono Trigger and some of the other Final Fantasy games where your spells are basically the main spell like fire then you have the upgraded version of it which is fire 2 and both of those attack a single enemy and then you have the Fira 
spells which attack all of the enemies at once and you have that with all of the other spells as well so you have a version of the lightning attack that's you know i don't know if it's called thunder or whatever it's called that attacks one enemy then you have the second version of it like the you know level up version of it and then you have like the area of effect kind of version of it so i'm gonna try to fight them now but it is really taking a little bit of i i tried to fight against the winter wolves like three different times and died every single time so We'll see how that goes. So far, I'm, I'm pretty happy with like how story light it's been. It's basically like, all right, well, you got to explore this area. I'm guessing that the real story, the deep story of Final Fantasy is going to pop up at some point. But so far, it's kind of like, all right, I got to the next kingdom. What do I need to do? I already started on the Elfland, the Prince of Elfland quest, which is rescuing the, the elven prince. I will get into that a little bit more, but I will say that one of the things that I found surprising about this game is how much fun it is to grab. Grind. Grinding is pretty fast and pretty easy in this game, I would say. It's pretty easy to just like walk around and go to areas where there are easier enemies and you don't want to go to the inn to completely heal up yet or you don't want to use your tent right now. So you can go to the easier areas and then you can go to the more difficult areas and really get your ass kicked. You get a variety of easy enemies that you can go kill off while you're watching a movie and you're just like playing on your Game Boy or you can go to, or to the really difficult enemies, right? And and you can really focus on your strategy. Got the spell Temper, and it's been really cool to see my DPS character get even stronger and one-shot kill everything. And I got one of the evasion spells, I don't remember it's called, like Invis, Invis, I think. And it's really cool to see one of my characters that gets constantly picked on, the other characters missing their shots. So you get a you get a really nice variety there. But enough of that, enough, enough of the game. I'm going to be moving on to the next section, which is going to be the Prince of Elfland. I think I did mention that I've already started playing that section it's fun and yeah see you all next time for the next episode just as a quick outro i do have a twitter now it's twitter.com slash podcast so there would be twitter.com slash y-a-f-f podcast and i'll be posting new episodes and hopefully interacting with the audience a little bit i hope you enjoyed the episode and see you next time